thank you for tuning into this podcast episode focused on migraine management entitled Proving Cassandra Wrong, the Case for Migraine Prevention. Our learning objectives for this podcast are to discuss the triage and workup of patients with headache, including validated tools and guidelines that aid in diagnosing suspected migraine, employ new migraine-specific agents for both treatment of acute attacks and prevention, and individualize migraine care plans to ensure that each patient's unique needs are addressed, ultimately improving symptoms and quality of life. My name is Dr. Don Buse, and I'm a clinical professor in the Department of Neurology at Albert Einstein College of Medicine, a licensed psychologist, and a fellow of the American Headache Society. Today, I'll be joined by Dr. Michael Reddy, Senior Staff Physician at Baylor Scott and White and Fellow of the American Headache Society. Welcome, Dr. Reddy. Thank you, Dr. Buse. It's always a pleasure to be able to visit with you and to be able to discuss a topic near and dear to my heart, taking care of migraine patients. Wonderful. Dr. Reddy and I will walk you through the case of Cassandra, a patient with a history of periodic migraine attacks. So, Dr. Reddy, I'm going to have you share the case, but first you also have to explain how this name came about. Well, we were given the case of Cassandra, and I thought it was kind of prophetic because here we have a young lady presenting to our office, believing she's not going to get any better. And the story from Greek mythology is Cassandra was cursed with the gift of prophecy, but no one would believe her. And so here she is, believing she's not going to get better. And it's our job to be able to convince her that she can get better and to show her how she can. And that's what we're going to go about. And Cassandra's a 36-year-old woman, married with two children, 15-year history of episodic migraine attacks. And the migraine attacks have become more frequent with more intense pain over the past few years with some additional symptoms. And for the past couple of months, she's had migraine attacks one to two times per week, and each attack will usually last about a day, but it could be longer. The following day, she feels exhausted and has difficulty concentrating, or as I call it, a, a migraine hangover. And although more severe, the migraine attacks have the same characteristics of a typical migraine for her. Uh, unilateral associated nausea with photophobia, severe nausea with some infrequent emesis, Triptans, sumatriptan nasal, pre, uh, nasal spray or the zomotriptan oral dissolving tablets were used successfully at aborting the headaches rapidly, but they're not working as well for the more severe attacks that have been occurring lately. She's reporting that about half of her migraine attacks are so severe that she has to lie down in a dark, quiet room for hours or for even the entire day, despite using her abortive medicines. And in the past month, she's had eight days with migraines, and four of them she's had to call out from work, could not drive her kids to school, and she was in bed for most of the day. She reports that her mother has been using a daily medicine to prevent migraines with success, and the patient has a past medical history that is significant for moderate depression with unresolved grief as well as obesity. And she's already been taking fluoxetine, 20 milligrams daily for the past year, and she's never tried a migraine preventive therapy. So here we have a patient who is presenting with a stable pattern of episodic disabling headaches that are increasing in frequency over time. So from this pattern, it's pretty clear that she has migraine, 
and not a tumor, because where would the tumor go on the days when she doesn't have a migraine or doesn't have a headache attack? That's right. Thank you. Okay, so thank you for sharing that case. So let's discuss a series of questions. Let's start with what are the criteria to consider when considering migraine preventive medication? Now, in 2021, the American Headache Society issued a consensus statement that's actually just a terrific document to talk about all types of migraine treatments, acute, preventive, pharmacologic, non-pharmacologic. It's available for free on their website. It's just a great primer and resource for thinking about treatment. And one thing it includes is a table of when to consider any preventive therapy. And they look at frequency times disability. So in fact, we break it up into offered or considered. And for someone with uh, four or more headache days per month, and that's days, not number of migraine attacks, but number of days with headache and any level of disability, including none, they should be considered for preventive therapy. So at one day a week, with migraine or headache. That's kind of a benchmark to think about prevention. But if they have more severe disability, uh, even down to two days in a month is time to at least consider preventive therapy. Dr. Reddy, how does that um, kind of make sense with Cassandra? Well, I, I think it, it, it makes sense. And she is someone who needs prevention because she is having progression and she is being taken out of her life. She is missing four days of work. And her acute medicines are not working well for her. And the acute medicines are not working well because we are asking them to do too much. And if we get her on effective prevention, those acute medicines are likely to return to their baseline level of effectiveness. Um, but the the one thing that I would really look at is is that they're they're kind of very polite here, in you know offered. When when we say we should offer prevention, this is when we should tell the patient no, no, you need to be on prevention. This is going to get worse if you don't do something about it. So if someone is having three attacks a month with severe disability. You need to be on prevention. Thank you. So our next question is, what are the preventive therapy options available to Cassandra? So I'm just going to provide a very brief overview. And again, if you're looking for a more detailed overview, pull up that American Headache Society 2021 consensus statement. So starting with the pharmacologic options, we're going to have the traditional oral preventives, the CGRP blockers, as you call them, Dr. Reddy, the CGRP-targeted monoclonal antibodies, as well as some of the G-pants. And then in terms of chronic migraine, we have onobotulinum toxin A, which is delivered every 12 weeks in a series of about 31 injections. Then we also have non-pharmacologic options. We have neurostimulation, behavioral therapies, including biofeedback, cognitive behavioral therapy, relaxation therapies, nutraceuticals, some specific that we uh, have talked about, um, as well as lifestyle enhancements, really improving the sleep, stress management, healthy, regular diet, uh, exercise, and um, discussion and education about healthy habits and, and potential triggers. So with that broad cornucopia of options available, the next question is, how do you determine which of these options might be best to try for an individual patient? So, Dr. Reddy, how would you think about all these options when it comes to Cassandra? 
Well, what I what I would look at with Cassandra, I would be first tempted to change the fluoxetine to venlafaxine for migraine prevention and depression and ask her about her sleep and stress because she has a couple of risk factors for poor sleep, depression, and migraine and how she is managing her stress at work. And it's not that people with migraine are stressed out. But it's important to realize that because of that hypersensitive, hypervigilant nervous system, they're wired to have a, a larger respo response to a stressor. And what you're trying to do with that stress management is improve the ability to be able to tolerate stress better. So something patients are going to ask, how long does it take for preventive therapy to work? And the answer is going to be really based on what type of preventive therapy we're talking about. We've got the traditional orals, we've got neurostimulation, we've got behavioral therapies, we've got the newer CGRP blockade therapies that can come in different routes and different timings. So some of the CGRP blockade therapies, such as the MAB, some of them are administered monthly in a self-injection. One of them is quarterly through IV. So what information do you share with patients about when they can expect a preventive therapy to work? Well, with the preventive therapy for the orals is that typically we'll see about six to eight weeks. And with the newer therapies, we'll often see improvement for a great many within that first week. You know, with the uh, IV infusions, the way they designed the clinical trials was to be able to show improvement from the first day, which they did show a, a reduction in headaches. Now, migraine is very common in young to midlife women as is Cassandra. So let's ask, does Cassandra have any migraine preventive options if she wishes to become pregnant again? Absolutely. There are, there are a great many options. And if someone is contemplating pregnancy, planning pregnancy within the first year, there are certain medicines that I'm just not going to use like valproate, topiramate, or the monoclonal antibodies because the monoclonal antibodies have a half-life of 30 days, which means they're going to be in someone's system for five months uh, from the after that injection. But we can use a beta blockade, nerve blocks, neurostimulations, and also, you know, behavioral therapies that can be very effective. Now, one of the things that we find also is for most women, migraines will improve during pregnancy. Not all, but most. There's a little bit of worsening in that first trimester, but then for, you know, most women, they do improve. But for those women for whom they don't, there are interventions we can use. And I, I do lean kind of heavily on a lot of nerve blocks in that population and behavioral therapies. That's a great answer. Thank you. So a lot of options, but also quite a few things to keep in mind and consider looking for medications with shorter half-life and staying away from those that we really know are quite dangerous to a fetus, such as to pyramate, for example. So thinking more about pharmacologic preventive therapies, let's talk for just a moment about what are some of the limitations of older preventive therapies and why were some of the newer preventive therapies developed? Dr. Reddy, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the, the issue is all of the medications that we had before the CGRP blockers were Me Too. They were developed for other reasons, so they're non nonspecific. We do see tolerability issues with low patient adherence. Uh, studies have shown that less than 25% of the patients are still on an oral preventive medication at one year, and that gives us a problem because if you're not taking a preventive medication, 
you're not likely to prevent anything. So with that in mind, when would you consider starting a CGRP-targeted MAB or GPAN, either the CGRP blockers, as preventive therapy? Gosh, uh, you know, typically what you do have to do is right now for insurance reasons to where someone has to demonstrate a, a failure to respond to typically two medications or have intolerance to two medications to start. But the time when I really say, look, I, I, I've got to go to the wall for a patient on this is when someone, I'll say, is on fire, you know, that, that they're on fire and I've got to put them out. They're about ready to lose their job. They're failing out of school. They're, their, their life is just a mess. And I need something that will get on board right now. I don't have the six to eight weeks to wait because the six to eight weeks matter. Almost think of it like a, a cluster headache attack. I, I need to stop these now because these serious attacks are only going to be here for a short amount of time. And I've got to act now. And, and that's when we, we have the distinct advantage of the CGRP blockade because the studies do show these kick in quick. Very good point. Thank you. And when it comes to Cassandra, what would we think about for, for her with, with choosing the next preventive? I know we said kind of move to venlafaxine, see if we see benefit with that. And then if, for example, you didn't see benefit with that, might you consider a CGRP blocker after that? Uh, we might, uh, but we might also have to check off another medication um, uh, just to get insurance coverage because we don't live in that perfect world. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to put her on amitriptyline because of her weight because we know obesity is a risk factor for migraine progression. And so we would have then something potentially worsening her headaches at the same time we were trying to make it better. But one option that you might be able to do because we have documented failure to two triptans with the sumatriptan and the zomotriptan, you might be able to get romagipant for her for acute treatment and add that in and adding that in. And if it was effective, then you're also adding in a medication that could start some early CGRP blockade. Those are some great ideas. And as patients and professionals have to step through these steps and take some time with that, it can be a little discouraging. But I think one uh, kind of point of hope to keep in mind is that studies show that the CGRP blockers work for people for whom they did not get benefit or could not tolerate the traditional oral preventives. So someone may be kind of losing hope as they step through multiple multiple treatments, but um, the CGRP blockers have a different route of action that may help some people in better or different ways. So it's nice to have that option out there for people. Absolutely. So Dr. Reddy, would you like to kind of wrap us up and summarize our oh, case? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Cassandra is a very appropriate candidate for migraine prevention. And this decision is based on the frequency of attacks and or migraine associated disability, the efficacy of acute medications and patient preference. And because Cassandra has comorbid depression, a medication that treats both conditions would be a good first choice as a migraine preventive agent. And according to the 2021 American Headache Society consensus statement, the SNRI, venlafaxine, and the tricyclic antidepressant amitriptyline are probably the most effective in migraine prevention. But as I said, I, I wouldn't lean on amitriptyline. However, the tolerability and adherence are poor among traditional oral migraine preventive agents. 
causing many patients to stop taking them. So if Cassandra cannot tolerate a traditional oral preventive medication, we may need to switch to a preventive agent with better tolerability, like the CGRP blockers. And that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Dr. Buse for joining me to talk through this case. To obtain your CME credit, please visit primemed.com and complete a short post-assessment. If you listen to this podcast on another platform, please refer to the episode description where there is a direct link to the activity page on primemed.com for claiming CME credit.